Welcome to the second episode of the Technical Glitch Podcast. Hosted by Matthew, Scott, Rich and Liam. Episode 2, The Easy Jet Hack. Hello and welcome to Technical Glitches, Episode 2. We are going to be covering a few things in this episode, but we would also like to introduce a new host. So, if you'd like to introduce yourself, Hi there, my name's Liam, I'm 35, and uh, I love video games. It's not a dating app. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I don't know, you never know. But, uh, apparently, according to the stats, uh, most of our audience are female so far. If you would like to get in touch with him, just hit up hello at <laughs> technicalglitch.com. .co.uk. Well, it was... .com was taken. <laughs> <laughs> So, to kick off this week's episode, we are going to talk about the EasyJet hack that has recently been plaguing quite a few people, and we have a couple of people here that can give you a little bit of advice. I say recently, the hack happened in January, apparently. I mean, I've been doing my research for this episode. Apparently, the hack happened in January, guys. It did, yeah. January still recently. But people were only told in April. Is that correct? Well, EasyJet first learned of the hack in January. So it, it could have it happened before then. <laughs> yeah, they've they've been fairly tight lipped about the whole thing to be honest. So um so they've said that it was the end of January that they first learned of the attack. And uh yeah, they basically announced publicly in May, obviously, which is now. Um, that they were aware that uh, well, that was when they actually announced that it actually happened. So, um, yeah, it's it's basically a, a lot of information has been stolen, um, but mostly credit card details. Obviously, it's most important, and uh, it should be noted as well the security code, the little number on the back that you have to put into most credit card websites, uh, is has also been stolen. So that's fantastic. And that was for 9 million customers. Is that right? This is my research, so forgive me if the numbers are wrong. But what I was reading, 9 million customers affected. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, 9 million people affected. Uh, so the credit card details, apparently, there was only, you know, quotations, uh, 2,208 credit card details were accessed. So for the people that have been affected by it, what would you suggest they do now? So, what, do they even know? Wait, sorry. How do you know <laughs> if you've been affected? If they've if they've effectively stolen nine million people's worth of data, but only several thousand people's credit card details, do, is it possible that people don't even know that their details have been stolen at this point? Yes. But if you if you've made it with EasyJet, so potentially you haven't had this issue, but if you have booked anything with EasyJet and know that this has happened, what are your best options right now? Ah, that's a good point. So uh, apparently the the affected data uh, was between October of 2019 and March of this year. So obviously if if you've actually, you know, booked with EasyJet during that time, the first thing I would do would be getting a, a replacement for your card. 
obviously, uh, speaking to your bank and getting cards replaced if, if you know that card is something you've used with EasyJet. Uh, beyond that as well, a change of password is always good. Um, if, you know, if somebody has these, well, apparently the dump of, the, of data is already out there on the internet somewhere. Uh, I've not been able to find it as of yet. Um, but obviously most people will reuse a password. So if you've got a password set on EasyJet, you're technically going to be using that for Facebook, Gmail, you know, whatever else you may use on the internet as well. So the first thing would be to do would be to change your password across any platform that you've you've used the same password that you've used with your EasyJet password. Well, that that's easier said than done because we were discussing this actually last week. I don't before the cast is that I have a couple of passwords, but it gets annoying because you have to remember depending on what site you go to what their specific requirements are. Like I have a six-digit password, I have an eight-digit password, I have an eight-digit password with a capital letter, I have an eight-digit password with a capital letter and special characters. And so you, you might not remember the one you use with EasyJet, what other accounts that's also been used on. Yeah. So what you've got to think about is that like people that have no experience in cybersecurity, like three of us, um, Obviously, I've got different passwords for absolutely everything. There is nothing that has the same two passwords. But what would you recommend for people that obviously are not too in tune with the tech, not too in tune with having different passwords for everything, have multiple accounts on different sites? What can they do to protect themselves? Um, so the first thing I would say is uh, there's a website called haveibeenpwned.com. Uh, uh, basically, if you go on there and put your email address in, it will tell you where you've uh, or what websites that you're on or that email address is on, which has previously had an online breach. So you can get an idea of you know what details have actually been stolen that are, that are known of, essentially. Um, alongside so what, what was that, that website, sorry? Have so I been... It, have I been pwned? So it's P-W-N-E-D. Okay. Com. Um, so you go on there, put your email address. Called, uh, Troy Hunt. Yeah. Um, put your email address in, and it will it'll let you know where your, your details have been breached, basically. Um, alongside that, I use a, an app called LastPass. So um, it's fairly you know well-known. It's, it's pretty much advertised across the internet as well. Um, so what you do on there is you, you set up an account, you have essentially a vault, and it will generate a password for you and then store all of your login details within there. Obviously, then you can you can generate a password at, at, up to about 99 characters, uh, and it will create a, a random one for you. Um, and then you just you literally have a master password to log into that. Um, you can set up 2FA on that as well, so that it's you know it's it's only going to be your phone that's going to be able to have the code that, and allows you to log into that that account. And then you know once you've done that, you can then log into the page. It'll autofill passwords for you as well. So once you go onto a site, you don't have to remember these these long passwords. They're literally just there to be copied straight into the browser for you. Right. So if 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 I have this LastPass app, I can then have a master password on that. But that will also set up passwords individually on all the different sites that I like going to, um, and I don't. I only have to remember the master one. But what happens if you yeah. then move to, let's say, I'm going on to um, 
xbox.com and I'm logging in to have a on on the laptop, but then I actually log want to log in on the console. How does so, the console know what the password is? There is it's slightly painful in that regard because you can actually you can see the password still in plain text on your screen. So in the app itself, you can just go in say show password. And it'll give you the right. password there on the screen. It obviously, with it being a long random password, it'll be a pain for a five minutes for you to type it in. But you know, it, it's a small price to pay for not having your card details pilfered every five minutes. Gotcha. I didn't even know that thing existed. And is is that um, that's the only app existing, or is there other ones as well which do the similar job? Because it's it's a bit shady out there to be to be fair when when something asks you to put in a master password people yeah. might be uh, sucked into uh, you know a fraudulent one being advertised I, I think I think LastPass is quite a popular one uh, Dashlane's another uh, and there's some various other ones you can also okay. run a, like an offline password manager if you wanted to but you just keep the files stored on your device with a master password okay. I'd, I'd probably say LastPass is the most user friendly essentially. That's the one I use, and it just just works. Yeah, same here. Okay, fair do. So um, that's that's the advice. If so, if you've used EasyJet, booked through EasyJet uh, in the past year, change your card, get a hold of your bank, and yeah. change your passwords. Use yeah. the uh, the site have I been pwned um, dot com, and you'll get a better idea of where you might have a security breach and then you can start plugging up the holes. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not sure about any of it, like if you've uh, got a few questions about how the site works or anything like that, then feel free to send us a message on our Facebook and one of us will get back to you and we can help you with it. Or, or drop us an email at hello at technicalglitch.co.uk. Wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Um, so with the EasyJet aside, is that all? Is, is that everything that we need to know with regards to protecting ourselves, or is there is there some other steps that we can take as well? I, I guess some of the other things you could do is um, if you're using like a Wi-Fi at a coffee shop or something, is maybe look into a VPN. That that way you can just encrypt all your traffic um, just to protect yourself from there as well. Especially well, see, if, if I'm in a coffee shop and, and using the Wi-Fi, I won't, won't typically go on to, like, I don't know, internet banking. I'll make sure I go on to my um, internet data on my phone. I'm assuming that's much safer. The, the, through the GSM network it, or the mobile network would be a little bit safer. Um, with Wi-Fi, it's quite trivial to packet sniff and redirect traffic. Yeah. So maybe just don't use Wi-Fi to log on to your online banking or anything like that in public places. Because at the end of the day, it's not very safe. There are plenty of people out there that can take advantage of that. So just don't do it. Well, hold on. I want to go back. So how safe is it if I'm using mobile data? Hold on. You've now just put you know, some cat amongst the pigeons here. So, so yeah, free Wi-Fi in, a, in something like a Starbucks, for example, is prime Bad. target. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's prime target. Somebody else can log in and... You know, it's it's free Wi-Fi. They're not really going to be throwing money at this solution, you know. <laughs> no, so um, you've also got things like uh, the evil twin attack, where you can set up a, a rogue access point, yeah, and basically proxy every single bit of traffic. But yeah. basically, public access points are they're handy. Don't get me wrong, they are handy, but they are 
just so unsafe yeah. that I personally never use them. I will never log into a public access point. Right. So what you're saying yeah. is public public Wi-Fi is essentially a prostitute. You know, it does the job, but there are a hell of a lot of risks that go along with it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Fair enough. Are we now calling a VPN a condom then? Is that why we're going to take precautions? You're okay. Well, you know, I mean, you, you spoke about uh, getting a proxy or, or something there, Matt. Now, there might be some of our listeners that don't understand a word you just said with regards <laughs> to the proxy. Would you like to dull it down a bit into layman's terms? Because. You know, I'm hoping that my mum might actually listen to this one day, and she she will go. What? I don't even know. <laughs> yep. So obviously, a VPN is a virtual private network, and um, basically, it's a little bit of software that you run on the device. Uh, and what it will do is it will take all of your network traffic, uh, everything you're sending out across the wireless, encrypt it, and send it off to um, the server of the provider that you're using. So that could be one of the number of various companies that offer the service. Um, and the data that's sent there is all encrypted, so the only people that can read that is obviously the, the sender and the receiving machine. If okay, and it's gibberish, gibberish. Okay, so um, I see VPN um, programs being advertised um, all the time. So th- these are normally you have to pay for these, right? Yeah, there is uh, one or two free ones out there, but I oh, probably yeah. wouldn't recommend the free one. No, don't. don't use are the free they dodgy? <laughs> Essentially, it's, yeah, it's the age-old thing of if you're not paying, you are the customer, and your information is the customer. So, well, you are, you know, that's the payment essentially. Is that that VPN will be storing the information that's sent across, and then using that to target ads towards you. Yeah, because I, I mean, that's another thing. Is you know, we live in a day and age where we, when you go onto any site, it. it monitors your traffic and then it will design its adverts to specifically target what you were looking for like i've got birthdays coming up so i was looking for specific things for my boy and whatnot now sure enough facebook feed (laughs) full of those bloody so if i had a vpn would it stop those that's kind of different because like i've had plenty of conversations about just purely random shit and then all of a sudden, if I go on my Facebook, it's got the advert for whatever yep. I'm talking about. So that's not so much what you're looking at. It's more, it's listening to you. I'd say you're, you're both using Android, are you? Uh, yeah. I, I do, yes. Yeah, exactly. So Google is always listening. Right, because that's because I know in in my office as well. I'm, I'm furloughed at the moment, but uh, the, a couple of the chaps in the office were actually talking about a well-known car manufacturer. First time they had spoken about it in years, and they were literally next to a computer, had this conversation. Sure enough, went onto the computer. Boom! Advert for that particular car make. Uh, that's well. a coincidence, or is that like? some freaky google listening stuff going on right there and again if we stop google listening if if they've had their mobiles next to them which they probably will have probably did yeah yeah it will be obviously if they're signed into google on their phone which they will be because it's android um and then they're signed into google you know for things like gmail on the same pc 
it, it also goes across all devices because every single device is linked to your net, your, your account, basically. Right. So, can you stop it, or is it that's the not, price you pay for using Google? Really, yeah, essentially, that is it. That is <laughs> that is the price that you pay for all of the you know the convenience of having all of your email and your documents and everything in one place. In what is, to be fair, quite a snazzy you know UI and whatnot. Um, and an, you know, an easily usable one as well. It's your information is then sold to, you know, the highest bidder, really. And and we don't get a say in that because we, no matter who we are, or well, there might be the odd one or two of us that don't do it. But you get a new device or you get a new bit of software, and you know full well if you don't accept the goddamn user agreement, you can't use the stuff that you just bought. Yeah. So everyone exactly. clicks yes. Yeah. Yeah, I accept, and you know, I know. This is this is going back a few years now. That uh, game online, they done a, a terms and conditions, which in the fine print said that whoever agrees to this, um, they give over their soul to game. Oh, I love right? that one. They, they put that in uh, because they knew no one would read it, and then it, it came out a little while after that they put it in as a bit of a lull. But it just no no one no one goes and in and they read the fine print. Everyone just majority of people i would say just hit accept all people know that if they want to use the app the device they just bought or a certain bit of software uh, even video games if you don't click accept to the user agreement you can't yeah. you can't use it full stop yeah but i think absolutely. that's because most people just assume that like the user agreement and whatever you're agreeing to is going to be a really base thing like you're not going to rip us off you're not going to sell our product as your own all that kind of crap so you just accept it because you just don't think about it. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 accept that, accept that. Okay, just let me use this now. Thank you. I mean, this, this is a problem, is it? It's like, are you going to use Android or are you going to wi- use a Windows phone? Nobody's going to use a Windows phone. Nobody with sense is going to use a Windows phone. <laughs> no, I know, but, you know, this is, I'm giving up options. You know, what, what else are we going to use? Well, <laughs> I said, the, the, what about iPhone? And Apple as alternative, because I mean, I know between a few of my friends, we always have the age-old debate over Google and um, Apple. So, is, is iPhone actually a safer platform? Personally, well, I don't it. think so because. But you're like, not an expert. Every, 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 <laughs> no, but everything with Apple, there is a backdoor that is publicly available. So, why would you go with anything to do with Apple when you can just? You know, you can buy it off anyone and use the back door to delete everything and have it as your own. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure that they have a back door for I everything. Would, yeah, I would second that, to be honest. I'd probably say Apple's more of a walled garden rather than... If anything, Apple's one of those ones that will defend their right not to hand over data. Oh, there we go. See, this is why we have experts on the show. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> To get that clarity, so is is Apple and iPhone therefore safer? No, not necessarily. No, so it's. uh, it's, I'd probably say to you know your average you know kid in a basement somewhere. Potentially yes, but there's you know somebody's always going to spend the time to find out how these operating systems work and you know what flaws they have. So it, it's generally always a matter of time on how long until something gets, you know, cracked or, or backdoored, essentially. I think with Apple itself, I, I'd probably say 
nation states are, are generally the only people who have and have figured out backdoors for for the operating system and the actual software itself. But yeah, it's you know it'll be a it's only a matter of time before somebody finds a way. But then you know with the money you're spending for Apple, you'd like to think that you know the company's then going to sort of look at patching any issues they find as soon as possible or any issues that become publicly available. And I'd like to think the, so. From the attacker point of view, it's it's very much a uh, cost versus payoff. If it costs you a fortune for a very little payoff, they won't bother. But if if, yeah. if it's might cost you like a few a few thousand just to break one iPhone, but if that whatever you've vulnerability discovered discovered works on every single iPhone, then it's worth it. Yeah. The other thing is obviously you need to think about apps as well. Obviously. The way obviously these things work with Android and iPhone as well is you're only as you know safe as as the applications you've installed as well. So there's always going to be these things that you install that are going to be you know less secure than other things, which could potentially be hacked. But applications which appear on Play Store and Apple Store have to go through um, checks before they get published. It's not quite as rigorous as it should be, though. There's been numerous cases where stuff's gone into the Play Store that had ulterior motives. Can Apple or Google be held accountable for stuff appearing on their stores which are not safe? That's probably in the terms and conditions they've got to do over in that, to be honest. You download all this at your own risk. We take no responsibility. We're just putting it here because we want money. Yeah, I just think it'll be a matter of, you know, best endeavours are done to try and make sure that this isn't, uh, you know, as, as a hacked piece of software and we'll make sure we'll run it through a virus scanner and a few other things and do a quick code review. But I'd imagine a lot of it is automated as well, the, yeah. just based on the sheer number of submissions. Nothing's perfect. And you ought to think, yeah, like Matt says, you know, there's going to be thousands of apps that are, you know, provided to the app store for, for publishing each day. You can't. You're not going to have the workforce with with the skill sets that's required in order to, you know, rigorously and and actually have a proper look through the the information in the app. I suppose that's a fair point. There is you do see lots of stuff being published daily and new stuff coming out. So yes, that is just looking back to the whole uh, terms and conditions. Has anyone actually read the ones for iTunes? Uh, I'm guessing you did. <laughs> Has anyone well, apart from you, Matt, honestly read the <laughs> the like the terms and conditions for anything apart from you? I mean, I just click accept on everything. Well, well one of them is uh, you also agree that you will not use these products for any purposes prohibited by United States law, including without limitation the development, design, manufacture, and production of nuclear missile, chemical, or biological weapons. Well, that's my plans out the window. I was just building a new goddamn. <laughs> iTunes barely works on playing music, so I don't know so, how it's going yeah, to launch how, when it's a new yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's also throwing back to, uh, when was it the was it PS3 or PS4 launch? People were all scared about the fact that the processors in there were, were so powerful that um, countries like Iran and Iraq or something were going to mass buy PlayStations for the processing power to run their <laughs> their arms division. No, that was because uh, the what? someone bought a lot of PlayStation 3s and basically built a supercomputer out of them. 
But yeah. that was an isolated incident. It wasn't like a country like, yeah, we're going to use them. We're going to get out of everyone. It, it became a, yeah, a, a, a gaming urban legend um, of, yeah, a, a countries buying PlayStations in order to increase their processing power for their weapons divisions. I was just like, okay. Yes. Oh, Don't fuck with me or I will fire my PlayStation 3. <laughs> yeah. Which, to be honest, quite now, it, now is uh, probably quite probable. I mean, the PS4 was sound like going to take off half the time, so I would not be surprised if they blew up. Okay, so at this point, we went a bit off topic uh, from EasyJet onto gaming, at which point we had another hour, hour and ten minute discussion about gaming, so we've decided to end this podcast with just the EasyJet hack news, and the gaming will follow in a separate podcast. We all hope you've enjoyed it, stay safe, and we hope to hear from you all soon.